0: Hi, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Creators Exchange. My name is Amira V. Happy Juneteenth, family. Uh, Today, I have special guest Jason White here with us today, CMO of CuraLeaf Select Brand Cannabis Industry, guys. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'll let you guys load on up here. Let me pin this comment really quickly. Oh, God. So I have um, also Innocence Project, which is an organization that you guys can donate to. In the meantime, in between time, hold on, guys, I'm trying to pin something here. And it's not pinning. I'm so happy you guys are here. Hey, family. Give me one second. My comment is not pasting. Uh, and maybe, meanwhile, i let you guys load in on here. I'm so excited to be talking to uh, Jason White, who's like a mentor. His family. I love him so much. Very well-respected man in the industry um, and he can tell you all about what he's doing in cannabis to change the game right now. Juneteenth, sorry for the delay, guys. Juneteenth special. Okay, Amir V, Jason White. Here we go. Post. All right. Pin, comment. Okay. Jason is here. I'm going to welcome him on in and we can get the conversation going because our time here is limited. So let's get this show on a row. So excited for this.
1: Jason. Hello, hello, <laughs> how up, are girl? you love? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Uh, you look,
0: at, look, you brought your
1: hair out. I have not seen you. in. Yo, I'm, I have a haircut at 430. I was like, damn, I wanted to get a haircut. First.
0: It's
1: okay. You're fine. You, you, you're showing up for us today.
0: It's all right.
1: It's all right. Juneteenth, here we go. <laughs> how are you? How are you? How have you been? I'm good. I'm good. Um, it's been a very, um, You know, I, I've been traveling like crazy for the last what 15 years, and I can honestly say this is the the longest I have been in one place probably since 2010 or 2011 when I moved back to China. Like, it's it's been very nice to kind of I, obviously the the the, the situation is not ideal for so many reasons, but to kind of sit and you know get get catch up with myself and and kind of. You know, settle down, get yeah. really into the work we're doing, communicate with people. It's actually Being able to been work
0: from home.
1: yeah, yeah, getting actually getting to know my house. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. It's I think a, it's I a think in three work.
1: years. I spent like six months here, <laughs> and
0: now you're like, oh, I love my house. Actually,
1: like, yeah, I like this. I like you keep this. <laughs>
0: We're um, in some very precedent times right now. So I know it's a lot going on for everyone. So I just want to start off by thanking you for sharing your time with me today. Um, Again, I have Innocence Project, which is a live fundraiser that you guys can donate to while we are on live. Um, Before we jump into it, do you want to tell everybody about your connection to Innocence Project or why it's special to you?
1: Well, you know, to be honest, um, many of you may know, may not know, I don't know, but we, um, you know, I still with the select brand, we launched a project called The Possible Plan. And The Possible Mm -hmm. Plan was very much about and is about um, righting the wrongs of cannabis and changing the narrative of cannabis and, and, you know, specifically, you know, helping those who are damaged by the war on drugs and um, those folks, you know, from black and brown communities that that have been so unjustly um, judged and punished. And I think what I love about the Innocence Project is, you know, they really are almost an extension of that idea on a bigger level which is folks who you know are wrongly accused who are who are doing time or, or being persecuted for for things that they have not done and yeah. I think to, to think about having your freedom taken away for something you haven't done is I don't think there's anything worse on the planet so for me it was very important to to um, bring them into this conversation and hopefully raise a little money for them.
0: Yeah I think that's that's dope that you're you know you're so passionate about reform, And you know, you're always trying to find new ways to especially help those who've been locked up for things that don't even, you know, uh, make any sense at this point, because there's bigger problems in the world, right? Um,
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny, like
0: things like cannabis.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Like, I think one of the greatest things to come out of the um, pandemic and the quarantine was cannabis was deemed an essential service in every state that it that it operated in. Some were just, uh, medical use versus adult use, which was unfortunate. But either way, every state deemed it an essential service. Like, how can we have a product that's an essential service that we know is helping people live better lives and still have people sitting in prison over it? So um, I, I hope that what people start to see coming out of the pandemic and coming out of the role that cannabis has played in, I'm sure, many of their lives, that we have to think about those who came before us and who are, who are being punished in, uh, for a lost past
0: yeah and meanwhile, it's so hard to get those who are taking lives away just charged, you know um still walking these streets, but you know then can it, it's i digress <laughs> um, it, it's just a lot It's 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 a lot to even still digest and figure and see that we're dealing with in 2020 um these this past month has been very very hard to even still interpret interpret how you know we're even dealing with it like what we're even dealing with now it's, it's crazy because even my grandparents are like wow like they doing y'all how we how they did us you know and, Yo, and that, was,
1: this, that was crazy that was like
0: decades ago you know but it's, it runs deep it runs deep you know, this my,
1: is something my, my father ahead. was was very active in the civil rights in richmond virginia he did a lot of the sit-ins at the movie theaters at the kitchens and you know one of the things that that i feel is so important is i, I love that people are in the streets and people are using their voice and you know some friends of mine launched this site called hear my story which is also to kind of help people who are victims of police violence but I I think that what's what we're doing is incredible and the fact that people are coming with us and people are really aligning to this voice is incredible but we have to make this an economic move we have to show with our wallets what we want to change and what we expect as equal citizens in this country and until we get this to be about economics, you know, we are a capitalist society. These these marches at some point are gonna are gonna go away. Elections are gonna come and go. But if we can show our economic impact on this country, we can create change for what works for us as a people.
0: Right. And even creating our own systems, I mean, easier said than done. But I mean, we have to start trying to just show up and and create our own because this system wasn't made for us to progress. You know, it it was just it's not broken. It just was made for us to stay at a certain level, I believe.
1: So I think. Well, we, good no, Go ahead. Go ahead. So I
0: think it's just all about us creating our own. You know what I mean? And and that's going to take years. Not may not happen right now. You know, but at least for our kids or our kids' kids, you know, they can get you know a better better life than we that we're having right now or experiencing right now. But,
1: but you know, like, so so obviously, I came up through advertising, right? And I was in advertising in 1999 when the ACLU like sued the four A's and started to kind of try to move this conversation forward. But Mm -hmm. I can tell you that within the system, these these solutions exist, you know, like you have incredible organizations like make multicultural advertising internship program like ad color with Tiffany Warren, like Marcus Graham Project with Lincoln Stevens, like Saturday Morning Co with. Um, Jayanta and and the Keith Cartwright and the crew that's, there are these pockets of, of black leaders, you know, really trying to create a a community that that is fair and that recognizes kind of the changes that need to happen and elevates and, and educates and inspires. And I think, I think we can do a better job of kind of like banding together and creating a louder voice. And then I think folks you know, all these brands that are not coming out with with money on the table, um, you know, we can steer that money to make sure it goes towards Black-owned businesses, to make sure it goes towards Black causes and, you know, not a lot of expensive television commercials to make a lot of us feel better, you know?
0: Right, right. I agree 1000%. Um, But I feel like we're, let's just, let's just talk about where you came from, where you're now. Uh, Um walk us through your transition because you were, you know, chief marketing officer at Beats by Dre for years and years. You know, you worked with Apple, now you're taking over the cannabis industry. So can you briefly walk us through like how that transition has been for you?
1: Um well so so to take it way back really quickly. I spent my first five years of my career in New York City working in package goods marketing advertising. So I worked for clients like Procter & Gamble, Johnson & Johnson, General Mills, Eminem Mars, and just kind of learned the game, you know, like, mm-hmm. how do you sell shit, you know, right. And then my dream was always to make Nike work. So I spent the next 10 years at Wieden & Kennedy in Portland. I also opened the Shanghai office, and then went back to Portland, and then I went back to Shanghai. So I spent about six of those 10 years living in China where we launched Just Do It in that marketplace, where we did the Beijing Olympics, where we brought, you know, Kobe's legacy and, and launched LeBron over there. And so had a blast for 10 years.
0: Legendary campaigns, on. by the way, people. Dear I mean, it was, it was fun. <laughs> and,
1: and again, it was genius, creative people around me. I was just the one that got to kind of coordinate it and make sure, you know, we were, we were doing our jobs. But um, and then I went to Beats by Dre um, in 2014. Okay. And then went on to be the global head of marketing for Beats by Dre for the last two and a half years while I was there, and it was incredible. You know, it was a chance to see how high it was up. Like, can you can you play with the biggest and the best in the industry? And you know, my predecessor Omar Johnson and Jimmy uh, Ivine and Dre, like they created this incredible world. Luke Wood, the president, and it was like Fashion Week, Super Bowl, you know, BT. Uh, SBs back to school, and you're like in Europe, back like, to
0: back to back,
1: you know, and then you're like in Sydney with, with, you know, Ben, or you're like, you're trying to launch China. So it was incredible. And it was a a learning experience that, oddly enough, is so applicable to cannabis, because cannabis, you have these all these different states, right? It's almost like they're all different countries, because you've got the consumers have such a different understanding of what they're doing that the, the laws are different the advertising rules are different the products are different so it's like almost thinking like global marketing like okay like let me launch the uk let me launch italy let me launch france let me launch china let me launch tokyo know, japan yeah. and now i'm just thinking like okay let's launch florida let's launch california <laughs> arizona nevada because it's the same it's like different yeah. consumers different products different you know everything
0: different scales yeah yeah so being in the cannabis industry and being in the position that you're in right now, like what are your plans for like inclusivity?
1: Um, fair question. So, you know, I I came I, I like to tell this story, like when I when I was leaving Beats, you know, my father, African American, Richmond, Virginia, just a just a black man from Richmond, you know, and and my mom, Cuban, New York City, born and raised. And both have worked extremely hard to, you know, really Build a great life for me and my brother. And I remember it was Thanksgiving dinner in 2016, 17, whatever, 17, 18. Mm -hmm. And I said to my mom and my parents, I was like, yo, um, I'm leaving um, beets to go into cannabis, right? And my dad hears, I'm leaving apple to sell weed, right? Right, (laughs) right. (laughs) So (laughs) so fireworks exploded. It was a thing, you know. Um, But one of the things I told them was, you know, I'm not going into this just because I think it's a, a marketing opportunity. For me, it was a calling to see where the next wide open space was where black folks could really, um, you know, have a chance at addressing our what's gone wrong in our community, addressing, addressing what has been done to us in our communities. And so for me, it was always from day one, that was part of the agenda, no matter what. And, you know, the founders of the select brand who I worked for, um, they were, on board from jump from day one so we came in and we launched a nonprofit called the possible plan Uh, i partnered with carrie twig who used to work for obama used to work for biden Um, she's worked for for folks from the ford foundation just a real player in that space and then we partnered with a lot of different folks just to go learn right we had this dinner we had this dinner in new york right and we had national bailout we had um drug policy alliance we had um part of the black lives matter movement we had a bunch of folks in the room Latinos for justice and we were like all right we're here to, you know to kind of like launch this idea around you know helping what's going on in the cannabis community and black and brown folks and man they lit us up they lit us up for like two hours they were like first of all like we don't need you now like don't come you don't trying to to here trying to save the situation right <laughs> like we've been doing this work and it was very humbling like we were like Oh, wow. And, you know, Carrie had warned me. She's like, look, like this is going to go away. Like, you better right. be prepared. And it was such an incredible way to start the conversation. And because we learned right from jump, like, this is not you're not some savior coming into this space, right? Like, you're going to come here. You're going to earn your way in. You're going to learn your way in. And, and then you're going to build something together. So right. we launched Possible Plan. Um, you know, we've done expungement clinics. We've done awareness movements like we expunged over 400 um, records in Maryland and Baltimore at the turn of the year. We we did another one in Portland. We had two more that were coming, one in Maryland, one in Portland. But then COVID hit. Um, we're working all with in a group. one year. Yeah, no, we did that in like three, four months. But yeah, for, from I've been in the business about a year and three months now, and we just we hit it hard. We are like let's change, let's create change, let's go. Yeah. Um, I think we're still hoping to scale and that's why I'm so excited about Cureleaf and, mm-hmm. and the trust they've put in me and um, and my team and I hired a woman named Khadija Tribble Khadija is bad Khadija is from yes, DC she's now in Maryland I'm D&D. sorry in, in Boston <laughs> she started a, a nonprofit called Marijuana Matters and now she's with us full-time as the um, vice president of corporate social responsibility. So. We are in the lab right now working on social equity program, working on diversity, equity, inclusion, because we feel very strongly, and this is supported all the way up through our executive chairman, Like, we are the biggest in the industry, right? We're about to close our final deal, which will be, or our next deal, I should say, which will make us the largest footprint in the country and I think in the world. And if, if, if we can change communities, if we can look at ideas like franchising, and if we can look at ideas that that, you know, educate folks and bring them through the funnel so that they can then support their own businesses, have the education, have the resources, have the network, then we can create a real footprint for for communities of color to be in this business and be in this game the right way. Because if you look at what's happened in social equity, a lot of these businesses, a lot of these licenses, they never became businesses, they never had the, the, the capital to start, or, or they, you know, were given these bad loans, predatory loans, all of these factors that came out after everybody applauded social equity, you know, yeah. and it's like, but hang on, it's not working yet, and yeah. and our job is to go in and like let's build something that works. And
0: Jason, part, you're, you're you're really the goat. I mean, honestly, the mark you're like a marketing genius. Like what you did you know, <laughs> in the music industry and and what you're doing in cannabis. I mean, you're just too humble, but honestly, you're the goat. Um, and it's amazing to really see that. So being like a a black man in you know, in such a high level position in cannabis, like being able to put people in position, like what is that doing for you? How does that make you feel?
1: It's incredible. I'll be honest, you know, and I, and I was, my father growing up, he was always there. And mm-hmm. I actually felt almost a sense of guilt about that. And that is wrong. That is, that dishonors him. That dishonors our own narrative as black people like and and it always it never sat right with me and then I thought you know the best thing I can do to 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 honor that and pay that forward is to like pay it forward and to be as much as he's been for me for as many people as I can and um, you know I mentor a lot as you know we've got some friends in common who are like doing their thing and starting to blow up but but what's been great is there's so many of us now stepping into these roles like you've got Jabari Hearn at Lyft, you've got Lincoln uh, Stevens running Marcus Grant Project, you've got Julian Duncan who's running, who's the CMO of the Carolina Panthers. Um, I'm sorry, Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, you've got um, you know, all these great black folks who are and we're all banding together. You know, the Monday night mentorship program was launched through Julian and Jabari. I stole that and launched the Tuesday night mentorship program, which is specifically for cannabis. And I think what you're seeing right now, and unfortunately it took us to get to this moment, but what you're seeing right now is so much connectivity and activity to like, yo, we gotta move our kids yeah. forward. We yeah. gotta provide access. We gotta provide education. We gotta get, put them on. And it's incredible. It, it's just, it's been, it's been an incredible journey for me. And I know for my peers, everybody's about it and we're not stopping anytime soon.
0: Yeah, and you shouldn't and you shouldn't keep pushing, keep pushing it forward. You mentioned the Tuesday night mentorship program. Can you elaborate a little bit on what that is?
1: Yeah. So so the Monday night mentorship program is Monday nights, 530 Pacific. It was started by um, Jabari Hearn and Julian Duncan because they were just, you know, sitting with all this time and feeling like, damn, I want to do something. Mm -hmm. I've joined that and I've been on that panel of other great mentors. And it's such a great idea. You just sign up, get in, you can pick a Monday, and you just show up and, and get game from all these people. And then I was like, well, excuse me, I was on um, Uplift Maryland. I did a diversity conference with them. And what we saw was there's so much need in cannabis, specifically, because everyone's trying to get in. No one really knows how, or the folks that are in there don't really know how to navigate. And then you know, there's us, like Curaleaf, who has such a great vantage point of the industry and so much to teach. So we um we just like right there on a the Saturday morning diversity conference with Kevin Ford at Uplift Maryland, we were just like, yo, Tuesday night mentorship starts next week. And we did our first one. We had thirty-two people on there, um, mostly folks who are young black entrepreneurs who were like, you know, trying to learn all aspects of the business. It's not just marketing, you know, it's like how to think about supply chain or questions about compliance, about how to own a business, all of these things. So um Today, I wanted to you know, just throw out, we're gonna do our second session um, this coming Tuesday. Um, you, know, there's a, you can hit me on LinkedIn, you can hit me on IG, tell your friends, tell your crew. Like, we're trying to continue this dialogue and make sure people know, you know there's a place now where you can go and, and be understood and, and have your questions be heard and, and have dialogue, have community, have fellowship, and learn about this business and learn how to get in this business and how to succeed in this business.
0: Yeah, and you've always been very good at giving back, especially to, you know, younger guys or younger, just younger people, you know, Um, because just with mentorship and all those great things. So take us back to when you were younger, right? Everything that just happened within the last few weeks, you know, when George Floyd has passed. First, before I get there, how did you feel when you actually saw that video of him passing? Is there any word or anything that you can say that you felt in that specific moment?
1: you know my father has an expression you know which we all probably know is if but for the grace of God, there goes I right, mm-hmm. and especially as a black man, when you look at that story and you look I saw that film i didn't i could I didn't watch it for like three days, two mm-hmm. days. I was like I, ah, no I'm sorry, it was about it' was about a day and a half, and I was like, I can't watch it i know I know what that." what it holds, you know. And, you know, this happened 20 years ago, I was at a Howard homecoming event. And this happened to me and my crew, we were held at gunpoint, we were beaten up by police. They realized they had the wrong guys. And they just told us get the fuck up and go home. And all of that came back to me in a very emotional way. And then just, you know, realizing like, damn, like this country, we think we've come so far, like Obama's been in the White House. And then you realize and
0: they take 10 steps back, to, to yeah. a
1: lot of people, we're still We're still not, you know, we're not worth taking your hand out of your pocket and taking your knee off our neck. And, excuse me, and that has to change. So, you know, like I said, we, some friends have launched this hearmystory.org to try to, you know, get more awareness around these stories and and, and help folks share their story if they want. You know, it's a place where you can just be heard. It's anonymous. Um, We're starting Mm -hmm. to have some more celebrities come in and tell their stories because I think we cannot put up with this. We have to have a voice as a people and we have to be respected as a human life. And and that's what this is about. We are human lives. So. He
0: probably. Yeah,
1: everybody has to has to kind of be a part of it. Find your courage however you need to, however you can. Bring your community however you can because we all have to be a part of this change. And this is the biggest moment of change we've seen since Rodney King, you know? And and that didn't, that, what happened? Like, not much, you know? Yeah. This is a chance where I think we can we can move the needle. I really do.
0: And for those outside of us as a race and a community and a culture, for those who are not Black, how do you think they can do better to help move the needle?
1: First of all, look out there's a a woman named Courtney Carter who's launching a project called Ally to Action and this project is one that's going to really give people the tools and the the fellowship to have those conversations and to learn some of the ways to engage but i think what people can do is first and foremost like don't make any assumptions like listen to the people around you understand that our experience is not your experience right and do not assume a thing just because I went to a white high school or whatever, or you went to a black high school, like do not assume because our experiences are unique and, and, and I think to be black in this country is unique and you cannot know it. You cannot know what it's like to get on an elevator as a black man and have to push the button first because you know you're doing a courtesy to her because she's uncomfortable. You know, yesterday I was walking up the street, walking behind this woman, And I had to go walk on the grass so she didn't look around and get nervous that this guy was walking up behind her and you don't know that experience so listen to your black friends listen to the people who who may have something to say to educate you and then don't be afraid to speak up don't be afraid to to fight for us don't be afraid when you see something is wrong speak on it you know it's no longer like I just heard the other on CNN white silence is violence and i was like wow you know and it's
0: betrayal too
1: that 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 is powerful and i hope people hear that and i hope people live their lives that way because we're past the point of it being okay to just turn the other cheek or or address it later like no we got to we've got to address this stuff head on
0: yeah and you're such in a unique position you know to really uh really plant change firsthand how do you navigate your access within this industry? And how um, do you share that with other people?
1: You know, it's, it's a constant uh, learning process because the only thing you have is time, right? And I think you have to prioritize what can have the biggest impact, right? What are the things you touch that can have the biggest possible impact? And that's why I love what Kiraleef is trying to do because we can have a huge impact. And we are yeah. committed to it, right? But then it's also like, you know, I, I work a lot with mentoring because I think you can, you can give 15 minutes of your time and you don't realize that that's a week's worth of time for someone who just needs a couple questions answered from someone who's been through it, right? Yeah. So I try to make myself very accessible to, to mentorship. And one of the things I'm learning now is to mentor in in groups, in numbers, right? So let's do Tuesday night mentorship and get 30 people on the call. Let's do Monday night mentorship and get 25, 30 people on the call. And then you kind of, and also we're now recording those mentorship sessions. So thousands of people can watch those recordings. So it's like, it's all about scale. How do we scale what we're doing? How do we make sure people can get access? And if you couldn't be there, you can still be there. And that's really what I think about now is scale scale your impact, scale your impact, scale your impact.
0: Jason, you're such a very unique person. I mean, I know you on a personal <laughs> level, but like I, every time
1: you- Yeah, me, and y'all, just so everybody knows, Amira is my girl. Like, Amira is family. Is, like, she is my guy. girl. I'm so glad that our,
0: that our paths crossed, and um, thank you for sharing your time with me. But before, I know our time is limited, but before you get off, I just want to ask you one more question. Yes. Where do you think your superpower comes from?
1: I think that I am blessed- to have parents that have spent 45 years together, 47 years now, and their entire commitment to each other was to raise their kids to have perspective, to love this world, and to believe that they could accomplish anything. And I think the superpower that has come from that is empathy, perseverance, and just belief, you know, like, if I am nothing, I am an optimist.
0: And do you believe that you're walking in purpose or you're living your dream at this point?
1: I think this move into cannabis was the, the first step towards true purpose. I have loved my career. I've loved it, but it's starting to feel like purpose. And that's a, yes. that's a wonderful, wonderful That's a fulfilling,
0: fulfilling I'm, feeling, yeah. And I'm,
1: I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for Curly for giving me that and Select for giving me that. And it's dope. It's really dope.
0: And lastly, do you have any advice for those who want to get into <laughs> cannabis I mean outside of trying to join your Tuesday night mentorship how can they join what do you um well
1: you can you can hit me on ig obviously um at j white likes you can hit me on linkedin but I think overall like the advice I would give especially you know kind of folks coming up in your generation and congratulations to you by the way you are killing Thank the game <laughs> <you> very <laughs> very I'm all in your ig like yes girl go <laughs> um Thank you. I-, I think you know, I always tell like, have a point of view, like, n- everything is not going to be the right fit for you. And not everything's going to work out. But know what you want to get done, know what you stand for, have a point of view, because you'll draw the right people towards you, you know, stand in that point of view, stand confidently in that point of view, and and, and let the right people who want to help you and who would see what you believe in, because there are generations of people who believe in that. So right. make sure that thing is clear, make sure it's loud, make sure it's proud. And, and then let those around you sort of adapt to you and bring you with them when they know what you stand for.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Guys, make sure you guys follow Jay White Likes. Jason, thank you so much for sharing your time with me. It means my more girl. than you can imagine. I love you. I love <laughs> I'm going
1: to get my hair cut now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you look great. You look great. You look great. Um, I'll check with you on later on, but thank you so much for sharing your time with me.
1: It means so All much. Right, thank you. Love you, girl. Bye. Bye.
0: That was fantastic. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I only had a limited time with Jason because he's a very busy guy, Um, you know, constantly changing the world. Um, But thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for the donations that you guys have made. Uh, Jason, you guys can follow him. Jay White likes, if you have any questions about cannabis or looking to get in the industry or just want to just some type of mentorship. I mean, I wouldn't suggest a better person than Jason. He's the GOAT marketing, cannabis, music, anything you need. Um, and he's very approachable. So feel free to follow him. And um, thank you all for tuning in. My family's in here. I got Jaleel, got Kenwin, Luke, show love, Darius. I love you guys, my brothers. Thank you guys for tuning in. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. Make sure you guys celebrate today. This is our Freedom Day. This is our 4th of July. So make sure you support Black businesses today. Make sure you educate you know, your friends, your peers today, and yeah, just live life, be free, I love you guys, sending you all lots of love and light, bye everybody, until next time, Creators Exchange, bye y'all.